0: Welcome to season three of Dating After Death, a podcast dedicated to the journey of finding love again after losing your forever person. And I'm your semi-anonymous host, but if you know, you know. Well, everyone, it is the final episode of season three and the final episode before we take a pretty lengthy break for my family's travels and adventures around the world. So if you didn't get a chance to listen last week, I did reveal my identity, that my name is Tiffany, and I can be found over at rebuilding.joy on Instagram. In case you want to follow my family's travels, we're doing a single year all the way around the world. I'm very, very excited to be bringing you a conversation with Brooke Weinstein who has both a unique perspective on dating after death, as well as a story that hasn't yet been shared publicly. And as I tell her in the interview, I always feel so honored when people feel comfortable coming on the show and sharing these personal, private parts of their life with us, the listeners. And that's in large part because of you all, because this community is not just built through the podcast and whatever is put up online through Dating After Death. It's built by those of you who are commenting and talking to each other and in each other's DMs and building this strong community of widows and widowers. I do want to say that I have noticed a trend in the private Facebook page that I have quite a few men sign up. And compared to the percentage of men who are actually listening compared to women, it's a high number of men in the Facebook group. And I think that's because it's difficult for men to find a place where they feel like they can be heard and supported as a widower in the community, and I'm just super honored that men feel safe enough to be a part of this community and to share their voice in that way. So here's what I've decided to do about the Patreon. I'm going to take a break with the Patreon as well but I will wait until the end of July to pause all memberships. And the reason I'm going to do that is because if anybody wants to sign up between now and the end of July, you will get access to all of the content that has been on there for the last year or so. I'm going to pause the Patreon for several months as my family gets underway with our world travels. I want to do that just so I'm not feeling overwhelmed and so that I'm actually delivering content I feel like I would like the Patreon to be a little more robust, and I don't exactly have the bandwidth at this time, so I want to pause it until I feel like I can actually give value. So if you're paying for the Patreon, you feel like you're getting value from that. Anyway, if you sign up between now and the end of July, you'll have very little to pay and get full access to the whole catalog of what's there already even while it's paused. So I would just highly encourage those of you who have been considering it, this is like the perfect time to do it, because you basically get a bunch of months for free. Also, signing up for the Patreon, you get access to that private Facebook group. The more people are there, the more active it is. So I want to encourage you to check that out, especially for those men who are listening. (laughs) How many romantic comedies have you seen that end with one of the love interests dying? What if there was a movie that begins where those movies end? So there's a new movie being made. It's called Too Soon, and it's a romantic comedy that tackles the underrepresented journey of falling in love again after death. And for as little as $100, you can actually own equity in the film at WeFunder.com slash Too Soon. So here's the story. It follows a young widow and widower who meet by chance, kind of in this dark humor way, on the day of their spouse's funeral. As they work through their grief using music to process and humor to cope, their friendship starts to mean more, begging the question, when is it too soon? A question we have all asked. I'm so excited about this film. It's gonna entertain and tackle the grieving process of widowhood in a way that no other film really has done before. Help bring this heartfelt, timely story to life by becoming an actual investor at WeFunder.com slash too soon. That's right, it's not a donation, it's an investment. Join our team at WeFunder.com slash TooSoon today and become an investor in Too Soon, a new romantic comedy about loving again after loss. That's WeFunder.com slash TooSoon, W-E-F-U-N-D-E-R.com slash T-O-O-S-O-O-N. Go check it out. Okay, it's time for the conversation with Brooke. She has a lot of wisdom, a lot to offer, If you're not following her on Instagram already, you should be, especially if you're a parent. She talks a lot about sensory regulation, and I have found it very helpful in my life to sort of understand myself and my partner. So let's hear Brooke's story and get to the conversation. So hi, Brooke. Hi. Thank you, thank you, thank you for doing this.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm not going to lie. I I was like, I know she's coming. Like, I, I, know, I know eventually <laughs> she's coming for me. And I thought a lot about what I would say, even when I, like, messaged you back. I was like, oh, boy, because this is a part of my life that I really honestly don't talk about. And yeah. this, I, I told myself, if she asks or when she asks, I'm going to say yes, but knowing that... I'm going to be as open and vulnerable and true to myself as I possibly can, which brings up emotions in me already. So to yeah. preface this conversation with this, there might be emotions because I don't, I don't share this side of my life very often, but I do feel that it is such an important conversation that I'm willing to do it and there's a want to do it. And sometimes you don't know how to – even talk about this on your own, you know, podcast like I have, but like, it's best to talk through it with someone. And this is in a safe community and a community that I feel can benefit from hearing a different story and a different lens. And one in which, frankly, I don't have that many in that supportive way of this is very similar to what I've been through, right? And so I think that it's an important conversation to have. So Preface this yeah. with there might be tears, but I'm more than okay with being vulnerable and sharing that side of me. So you're gonna get it yeah, all today.
0: <laughs> I'm sure people will come out of the woodwork when you tell yeah. your story to say, like, that's my story too. I also always feel really like honored and humbled when people share for the first time on mm-hmm. here and with me. Mm-hmm. Cause I like it is super private, and I've said before multiple times, like my boyfriend's a really private guy. It's obviously not the way I live. So it's hard for me to like relate to that side of him. Mm -hmm. So I know it from him that it takes a lot to like open up on a really personal level like this. So thank you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, there's so much of my life that's public and so much of my story that's public. And I've shared my story very, very slowly, but it is. And I'm, you know, somewhat of a public person and in, in the social media, I guess, world you could say. So I've tried in a sense to save something for myself, if you will, of like, this gets to be the thing that I get to hold on to, but it's also okay to talk about it too. And I'm, yeah, I'm ready. Okay.
0: You know, obviously you have a social following, what you're putting out into the world is helpful and useful and so wonderful. The real reason I wanted to talk to you is because when we were chatting about, my opening the page to other contributors. And you said to me, there have been times that I've listened to the podcast and I thought like, oh, I wish I could share a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And like, that's basically the whole mission of the show. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there, that's what I want. Mm-hmm. So I would love for you to start by telling us life before mm-hmm. and, and then we can get into the dating stuff in a little bit, but.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I met Jonathan when I was in graduate school and it was as if I had met like the dream guy. It was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you even exist. And Mm -hmm. we met and had a whirlwind romance with an engagement at our one year anniversary. And he took Mm -hmm. me back to this huge ballroom. We met at, at this networking event. And my sister at the networking event was like, who's that dude waiting outside for you of the bathroom? And I was like, oh, I don't know. That's that guy. I think he just asked me on a date. And she's like, he did what? I'm like, yeah, I, kinda, I think he did. But <laughs> fast forward a year later, um, he brought me right back to that ballroom and completely surprised me. I don't know how I wasn't on to him, but we had an incredible romance, got married. um, I don't know, probably a year and a few months later. And I would say that I started to see things shift even slightly while we were engaged. But um, I thought, this is just the wedding, you know, stressors and all the things. And I would say that even again, on our honeymoon, I again started to see things shift if I really, really take a look back what I mean by when things started to shift, Jonathan struggled with severe, severe depression and anxiety, Mm. and it really only got worse. Um, And it was very hard for me to wrap my brain around the man that I met and fell in love with and like this unbelievable dude. And To be honest with you, the man that I met and the man that everyone knew Jonathan to be, like if you asked any of my friends, anyone at his work, they were absolutely shocked, like shocked. And this is the man he wanted to be. He just couldn't. It was almost too much pressure for him to keep up the facade or the mask of how he presented himself to the public and to the world and to me. And very slowly, we were together for 10 years Over the course of that marriage, um, we had two beautiful children. We also did a move from St. Louis to New Orleans and started partaking in Jonathan stepping into owning his own business. And I myself owned my own business at that time in New Orleans of owning my own clinic for about six years. And really, the world was basically crumbling around me, however I stuck to come on you got this like this like like I know who you are like I know the man that you you are like you're you can do this and there were days where I was many many days where I was getting Jonathan out of bed um making sure that he would get to work he would get back in bed after work um I thought he was just exhausted like I just thought it was the stressors from work and this and that and Somehow I always thought it was situational in terms of what externally was going on rather than internally because when I invest in someone and when I invest in my human um, and I have been that way with all of my other relationships I've had within my life prior to Jonathan is I invest big time. Like I go in and I believe in you 1000%. I'm not going to date you or marry you or – be in a relationship with you if I don't believe in who you are to your core and trust and value, like all the different things. And I was all in on Jonathan, of course, right? We had kids together and we were building a life together. I would say that over time, it just simply got worse. Jonathan would show up and do what he needed to do, again, externally in the outside world. um, But internally within the walls of our home it was really truly how he was feeling Jonathan at different points within our marriage was suicidal and it was kind of like a slow downward burn if you will of like it just like kept going down very slowly but like he just kept he he could never get back up on the wagon he would have a few weeks or I was like oh there he is And one of the Mm. things that probably chokes me up the most is I can, and I will always remember Jonathan's laugh, like always, but it's not just a laugh like, oh, he laughed at something. Jonathan had a laugh of, I would, it would stop me in my tracks and I would look over and I'd be like, there he is. Like, that's him. Mm. Like, that's the man that I love. And it didn't happen often, which is why it would literally just stop me and i be, i i can't explain to you the amount of joy and happiness and love and excitement i would feel when i'd see that laugh um but it, again didn't happen often i think that again first comes you know you first comes love then comes marriage then comes baby in the baby carriage and and you say your vow. so you think in sickness and health and you know for richer or poorer all the things so If when Jonathan was suicidal, I was calling doctors and saying, hey, he's not doing well. But yet at the same time, never truly believing, like I knew it was a possibility, but at the same time, like never really thinking there's no humanly way possible he would ever, 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 ever do this. Like there's no way, like he's too strong of a human, like he's got this. Fast forward to Jonathan getting a job here in Texas. And I sold my business because I recognized that I was doing way too many things, but not doing any one thing very well, simply because I was stretched so incredibly thin between becoming a new mom and owning a business and trying to run that business with my business partner and taking care of Jonathan and being a social being and, you know, trying to make a community. It was just way too much. And so I was like, okay, I'll, I'll sell my business. So we sold my business, moved here to Texas. And I would say that's when I really started to see that it was not situational, it was a pattern. And hmm. when I tell you Jonathan was a rock star, he, within his new job, he was a rookie of the year. And every single year, even the year he passed, he was number one in his company. Wow! I think everyone, again, at work was blown away that this happened. And wow. so when we moved here to Austin, And I didn't have my family, because my family lives in New Orleans, and I didn't have the support, and it was really time for me to really take a look at what was going on within our home. Mm -hmm. I said, okay, I'm drowning. Like, I'm drowning between making sure that Jonathan wakes up, and at this point, he was working in bed with his computer and I was like, as long as, you know, as long as he's working, like it's fine. And I was so used to that life that I just kept going and I would do everything for the kids and, and push. And I really recognized that I was drowning. Like really, I was like, this is, this is a sinking ship for both of us. And at that point the children were getting older and I was like, okay, this isn't going to go well as they continue getting older. And so what I did was I took very brave steps in order to start supporting myself and started doing the very hard internal work on myself of I have to be able to support my children and support myself, but I also have to build a trust within my partnership that I can take care of me, Jonathan can take care of himself, and we can do this together. And so that's really... That following year, what I embarked on doing and what it ended in is Jonathan for sure feeling the lack of me basically holding his hand through life. And he decided that he was no longer happy in our marriage, which I was not very content as well. Um, But I also, I just... I could not, two reasons. I couldn't fathom breaking up my family. And that was something that I struggled with every day. So I was trying to figure out how to sustain the marriage, but make it work for me and still be healthy um, for myself and for the boys. But also there was a fear that if I left Jonathan, he wouldn't make it. And so I stayed. Looking back on it, I feel it was a way of hoping that I would be like, no, 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 please, please, please. And kind of like jump back in to our marriage and support all the things and kind of hold his hand again of like, okay, let's get out of bed. Okay. Let's like, I was literally dragging him from place to place to place. And he Uh, handed me divorce papers in December. He moved out in February and we went to New Orleans for Mardi Gras, the kids and I, while Jonathan moved out. He got his whole apartment set up. We flew back. The kids are supposed to have their first sleepover with him in his new place. And I got a call from his mom and he was in the emergency room and he had attempted to take his own life. So I'm first solo parenting on my own. Like here, here we go. Like Jonathan has moved out. He attempts his own life and then COVID hits. So Jonathan went off to a facility and That was really my introduction to solo parenting because he was trying to get help. And so I did the lockdown all by myself with two children, mourning the loss of a relationship while also concerned about Jonathan. It was a very interesting, (laughs) if you will, time in my my life. (laughs) Um, And we made it through. The children reintegrated with Jonathan. I didn't really know much of what was going on with him. He didn't look to be very well. Through that next year and April 2nd of 2021, I was sitting in my chair in my living room and I got a call from his stepmom and she was as straightforward as she could be. And she said, Brooke, this is Leslie. Jonathan has taken his own life. Mm -hmm. And that was the worst day of my life. And my life has forever changed because of it. The second worst day was telling the kids.
0: Did you wait Yes. to tell them? Yes.
1: Yeah. So when I got the news, I had like a fight or flight response. Like I literally like sprung out of my chair and then just like ran across the house and just like fell on the floor. Um, and I had friends come over. I, you know, what do I do? What do I do? I made sure that the children were taken care of. Jonathan was with the kids. So he dropped them off at school. And basically did not pick them up. Um, So I called my nanny, Lolo, who has been with us. She was with us prior to Jonathan passing. She knew this could potentially be something that happened. And I said, 911, can you pick the kids up from school? I did not tell her. She said, absolutely. They slept there so that I could have a moment and just kind of be. My sister and mom flew in. And we told the kids... The next day and Lolo and her husband were there as well when we told them because that is their closest family and my nanny and her husband have been, I mean, my rocks. Yeah. We have navigated our world ever since.
0: Yeah. Did your kids feel that something was off while you were struggling and Jonathan was struggling?
1: So Charlie was seven and Eli was four when John passed just two years ago. And I don't know if Charlie really recognized it or aware enough to truly, truly recognize the, let's say the difference between a healthy functioning brain versus Jonathan. And I would say that now, especially in the first year after Jonathan passed, because he had other experiences with Chris, Lolo's husband, and also with a a man that I dated, which I'm sure we'll talk about. um, He said, you know, he would say things like, Daddy didn't do much with me. And so Charlie Mm -hmm. really, I do believe, started to kind of see the difference. Um, But I would say that one of the main reasons that I chose to start, honestly, thriving and stepping into my own self-worth and moving into a place of really, truly taking care of myself and the kids was because I knew it was getting to the age where they were going to start noticing. And they were, it was like not something I could prevent them from seeing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: In a different way and on a different level, I feel like I also sort of tried to find this balance in my life with my husband where there was this outward facing version of him and then this at home version of him and i feel like societally and in a marriage it's so tricky to know how much to let other people into what's happening in your home yep. versus like even today i was just thinking about how much do i really want to share about mm-hmm. the struggles that my husband had and and i'm like he would hate it like mm-hmm. if he were to see me put those struggles out to the world he would be so mortified and embarrassed but i'm like And it might be able to help somebody else who's Mm -hmm. struggling, you know, it's like this fine line of I just hear in your words, I'm like recognizing so much of that balance of like the world thought this and I saw this and somewhere in the middle
1: was the reality. And yeah, you know, Jonathan did not want anyone to know and I respected that. And I don't think that I could have done anything different. I spoke, you know, our families knew and. To be honest with you, I don't really know if my parents and family knew as much. I respected Jonathan to the nth degree, and he was such a powerhouse, and he was so well respected and loved and cared for. And I mean, it, the man that everyone saw externally, that is who Jonathan wanted. was. It was just he didn't quite believe that to be within himself, or he was trying so incredibly hard to be the person he thought he needed to be. And it was absolutely debilitatingly soul crushing opposite wise of like, how to be able to keep up with that level of high, you know, and that's why I talk about this now. And I talk a lot about that portion of it on my own page. And so many reach out and I'm, I did a whole week on dads and I talk about yeah. because dads matter too. And there is so much conversation around mom guilt, mom shame, mom rage, mom, like mom this, mom that. And like, it's so important to know that dads matter too. And I don't know how Jonathan would feel about me talking about all this and, and sharing the nitty gritty of how things were it's almost like you talk about it with your girlfriends of like how things are going in your relationship. But then once you get married, it's like the window shades come down and it's supposed Mm -hmm. to be like happiness. Because if you talk to anyone about it or, or say the real things, it's like, Oh, their marriage isn't doing, Oh boy, that that's not going so well, you know? And then there's judgment and then you're afraid that there's judgment. And, and, I I wish that I had spoken up more and I had started to share with very few people, but it was so hard for them to grasp, like, what do you mean this is going on? Because what they were seeing with Jonathan was the complete opposite.
0: And I think it's difficult to see the water you're swimming in when you're living in it. At least that was my situation. It's like, this is my reality. This is the way we function.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I even struggled with the word widow no one wants that title right but that title is it means so much there's there's just so much within that um and i find that word i can't quite describe it i i have a lot of respect for that word and that title and mm-hmm. jonathan and i were not divorced when we when he passed and i sat with that and really leaned into how does this feel for me? Are people going to judge or this or that? And it it took me about a month and I was like, no, damn it. Like we were together for 10 years, 12, if you count like our time dating. And yeah. I believe that I was his sole caregiver and I was the love of his life. I was the yeah. one and only. And I wear that title despite None of us ever wanting that with so much honor for what that means of what we have been through when you have that title. Yeah. One of the biggest reasons I knew if one day you asked me to be on this podcast, I knew I wanted to do it was because I have found such familiarity with tiny bits of information that every one of your guests have said. And one podcast in particular, she said, you know, she had a wonderful relationship before her therapist said, look, you can do this again. Like you can find your person again. You know what to look for. It's not like you had trauma or it's not like you had a not so healthy relationship prior to your husband passing and that has led her to find someone, and she sounds very happy. And as soon as I heard that, I was like, but it's not like that for everyone. And yeah. we talk so much about losing our forever person. And I am now in a situation where I am navigating learning and figuring out how to find my person, but find a healthy relationship find something that honestly Jonathan and I never did have and I I thought we had that but I believe that our relationship was so fast and furious and all the different things and we got engaged on our one-year anniversary that I didn't he was able to show me that external that everyone else saw and I think little by little he let down his walls to allow me to see really truly what was going on and I didn't quite know all the parts and pieces and I wanted to speak to that and talk to those and be able for others to feel a sense of they're not alone if they maybe didn't have the best relationship prior to their spouse passing and navigating the world of dating and what that looks like for them as to maybe not step into the same patterns of an old relationship, or maybe not find the, the savior who, who picks you up and is like, everything's going to be okay, but yet may not be the actual aligned partner that you may have needed from the beginning. And that's the work for me in terms of dating that I'm currently doing within my own life now.
0: Yeah. So how did you make that transition into the dating world or was there a catalyst? did you make the decision?
1: Sure. Um, because Jonathan and I were separated for about a year and a half before he passed, I was, I, I dated, like I, I was like, I want to see who I am dating Mm -hmm. as a 24 year old versus a 32 year old or 33 year old. And, and that was, pre-COVID, we lost a few years. I like came out as like almost, (laughs) I feel slightly geriatric at this point. But anyway, I'm like, what happened to those years? Like, come on, those were supposed to be my like jazz it up years. But anyway, so we're jazzing it up. Right. I know (laughs) we're going to get there. It's fine. It's fine. I'm still, I'm still, you know, sexy in my own 37 year old way. It's fine. So I did date and I did explore, if you will, dating. And it, was almost with the lens of how does this feel to sit here? And it was an internal process of like, who am I versus the 24 year old? I'm sat there my first date and I looked at this dude and he was drinking a non-alcoholic carrot something or other and going somewhere to go on some like fitness trip. And I, I looked at him and I was like, I got to ask you like, what the hell are you like? What do you want with me? I I was like, I'm going home to fold laundry. Like, I I don't really understand what you're doing. Like that's who like, but I would have never said shit like that as a 24 year old. And been, I would have been like, hi, oh my God, please like me. I literally was like, what do you like? What is like, what? He offered to get me an Uber, like send an Uber here for me. And I literally, yeah. this is the first time I've ever gone on a date in like twelve years, and I was like, "No, nope, no, nope, no, thank you. I can drive myself. I'm not giving a stranger my address. Thank you very much." Like it was a yeah. whole different ball game for me of like, "How do I do this? And what does this look like?" And lo and behold, he and I did date for a little bit of time, and I also went on other dates prior to us deciding to date. Right? He was a wonderful experience, just diving in, you could say in terms of how did it feel to try this on, to show up for myself, have a healthy dynamic with a partner, one in which he has his own self-worth and life. I have my own self-worth and life and things that I love and value. And he as well. And then when we have time, we get together and we enjoy each other's company. And that's honestly where I was at at that point in my life. I was really doing it to explore who I was as this newly single mom. Yeah, I would say that everything shifted after Jonathan passed for me with dating. Because mm. then it's like, <laughs> well, I'm sure you've talked about this a lot on the podcast, but it's kind of like, you know, the one... St- question people ask is, well, why did you move here? I'm like, are you you really want to know? Here we go. Because the answer to the question of why I moved to Texas is my late husband got a job. And then their eyes, I like wait every time to see their reaction. Like, oh, yeah. Or like, and then I'm like dying laughing. I'm like, okay, like, let's see what what comes (laughs) of this. How are we going to react? You know? But it's like entertaining for us, but on the other end, people are like, oh my God. (laughs) And I've also had to manage what is someone going to think and and how are they going to fit in and, you know, like all the things of like, this is a lot. And I will say, just because it's a lot does not mean it's too much. The right man can and will want to step in and not replace, but be a beautiful part of our lives
0: At this point in our lives, too, since we've been through a lot, you know, that you also want somebody who brings a lot, too, I think. Because if you meet someone who's been through nothing, it's just like, I cannot relate to you. I have nothing to connect with you over. And it's like you just want somebody who's seen life.
1: Absolutely. I think that when you have been through something like we as a community have been through, There's such a different lens and there's a commonality with a lot of the people that you talk to, especially on their dates of like, oh no, we get down to brass tacks. Like we get down to the nitty gritty. (laughs) I find that individuals who've been through very big experiences in their life, very large tragedy and, and passings, right. Of our spouses or things like that. We don't have energy or time for BS. We're not like, oh, like what, what kind of dog food? Like, how was the weather today? Like we don't, we don't like, I don't give two shits what your dog eats and what the weather was like. Like, I want to know who you are and your values. And, you know, when you are ripped open and your, your insides are ripped coming outward to the point of excruciating pain and grief, like you kind of have recognized there's not much left that you need to hold back in life. And it really rips you open to why it's so important to feel your feelings, why it's so important to share them and why it's so important to just simply be who you are and show up as as yourself because we don't have time for the BS. The pain does hurt and the emotions do come and sometimes you just gotta allow them and we need to be able to have that in a partner, someone who can support us in that or be able to value us for the life experience we have had and want to be a part of that.
0: Yeah. And I think also with dating, when you've been with somebody and you see all of the sides of them, then when you're like first meeting somebody, there's this urgency to get through that surface level, forward facing version and just right to the heart of them. Mm -hmm. I, I actually think that's why my relationship thrived from the beginning, because we both like date one, we're talking about trauma that we had been through. Mm -hmm. And it's like instantly you're connecting Mm -hmm. on a deep level. Okay. Let's just get down to the bottom of it.
1: Yeah. It feels like a cork. You just want to like pop open and just be like, let the champagne spew out. And just like, you just want to like, like, you just want to be like, like, look, this is exactly who I am. I really, like, I had to get a sitter for this. And I had, like, like you know, like, <laughs> this, is, this is me. And, like, you're pretty chill. You're cool. All right. You want to hang again. But, like, if you do want to hang again, let's see if you can actually hang. Because this is my life. And I'm not ashamed of it. And I have been through a lot. But I do feel that this is what has made me or part of who I am. You know, I got to say, I'm, I'm proud. Like, I'm proud of myself for where I'm at when I say that, I hope that anyone listening to that, including you, like, I hope you feel that sense of pride because there were days where, I mean, I'm okay, fine, fine. Let's be honest. Like there weren't just days, like there were years where I needed so much help to function that I was like, I know what my priorities are. It's my business and it's my children. And like, that's it. So I'm not taking out the trash and I am not doing the laundry. I don't care if my, my clothes are damaged for the, for the day. Like I don't, like I'm not doing the dishes. Like I need help to do these things. And there were certain things that I had to take off my plate or just see dishes in the sink until I could get to them, you know? And there were days where we don't want to brush our teeth or forget to brush our teeth or, or shower. And it's because of the debilitating process of grief and, trying to find a balance of giving to ourselves while also raising humans. And yeah. I'm extremely proud of where I've come to. I now am totally cool with doing the laundry and the dishes. And like, that's huge. That's like so big for me. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. The first year too, I hired somebody to help with dishes and laundry specifically. And mm-hmm. I was just thinking that the other day, like, oh my God, I used to hire somebody to help me with this. And now I'm doing it by myself. I'm doing it.
1: Yep. Like the realization of like, oh my gosh, I'm doing these things. Like that is the shit that people need to be proud of, and we need to say, yeah. I did this. You know, on 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 our dating profile, whatever. I said something like, if you are comfortable with a strong and independent woman, what I really want to say is like, if you're comfortable with a badass. Like, because anyone <laughs> who's had to fucking go through what we've been through, and and still like, be able to somehow find the way to do the dishes and and take the trash out and shower ourselves, like. That's badass yep. and and keep our children alive and keep them fed and keep them clothed and make sure that, you know, they've got enough underwear and socks. Like this isn't easy, right? Yeah. It's not. To then add someone into the mix of that is, oh, yeah. is totally a process.
0: When my boyfriend and I broke up, I went back on online and I remember thinking, I wonder how it would come across if I just put on like, I'm fucking awesome and you got to keep up. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Probably doesn't come across great, but that's how I feel. You know, it's just like there's a you've got to be able to keep up. This is a fast paced thing. And
1: yeah, I don't have time to give to everything the way that I might have used to when I had a partner, because there are so many different things coming at me and things are never done. Things are never complete. There is always something to do, whether it's booking a flight for a trip or Turning around and making sure, you know, like I said, the laundry's done, or 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 doing something at work, or the emails, or this or that, or text messages you have to get back to. It's all on us. Yeah, finding that balance is not something that honestly does it doesn't exist. But getting through the days and being able to be grateful to ourselves and feel pride for what we have done, I I feel that that's what it's about. And very slowly, you know, I've seen me and what I do for a living is nervous system regulation. And so I track, like I've tracked year one, I've tracked year two, and I've tracked this year. And I knew deep down neurologically what it would be. And it has been those things. It's been quite interesting to see how this whole thing unfolds.
0: Yeah. To bring it back to dating for a second, I think that you're talking about pride and being proud of ourselves. And I think that's one thing that people are hesitant to do around the dating thing, Mm. which is like feel proud of themselves for putting themselves out there. There's a lot of fear and there's a lot of worry, but that's something I feel like I'm messaging people a lot this is a big step and like you should be proud that you're out there and it's not going to go easily. And I don't know. I'm I'm just thinking about also the fact that this is the last episode of the season for a little while. And I just like want people to walk away with that sense that you're talking about of pride and everything that we're accomplishing, including this dating piece, because it's so complicated.
1: So many people have asked, are you dating yet? I've gotten that many times and I have made the conscious decision that I get to answer the questions that I want to answer. And I recently just stepped away from a long-term relationship. We were together for about a year and a half. And I haven't really shared that because again, I wanted that portion of my life to be something that I navigated for me. And as I would talk to individuals and I started to very slowly share that I was dating someone, with, you know, my small community, even at the six month mark, I will never forget someone was like, that's incredible. Like you should be very, very proud of yourself. And I was kind of taken back of like, well, what? Like, it's just six months. Like, what what do you mean? But as I've said, I met Jonathan and we were engaged within a year. And with our hectic lives of being widowed, we don't have that much time, right? Time is... A hot commodity for us. And I was still continuing to get to know my person over the course of the last year and a half. And I knew that I needed, and whoever I date, I need a really long time to be able to get to see all the different parts and pieces of them and all the different parts and ways. And within the privacy, of my home or out in public and externally in the world and see how it fits and see how we jive and see what comes up in our life and see how we navigate those together. And when she said that of like, you should be so proud, I was like, huh. And I kind of took that in and I agree because no matter if you had a beautiful relationship with your spouse or not, or it was tumultuous or it was blissful all the time what our brains and bodies have gone through is for sure trauma and there's for sure abandonment that we feel you know within losing our person and the pain and the the physical grief that we go through it's very easy to place walls to be like I don't want to get hurt again I don't want I don't want to ever have to feel that again. I don't know if I could do that again, or I don't know if I could go through it. Will this work or can our kids mesh or like all the different things. We could go down a spiral of why not to open our hearts back up to try this again. And when she said that, I was like, I am pretty proud. And look, I'm getting choked up again because I have gone through a hell of a lot. And my marriage was not what I had pictured it would be. And our relationship was not what I now know. Like when I was in it, I didn't necessarily know that because he's my husband, so you just keep going. But I now know what a true partnership can and what I want it to look like. And I'm going after that because I want that for myself. I feel that I'm worthy of that companionship and partnership. I long for that. And... I feel that my children are so worthy of that. They're so worthy of getting to feel what it feels like to have a dad and be able to have a connection with a male. And my relationship with the person who I was with for a year and a half in many ways was all of those things. And despite that relationship not working or maybe let's say being put on pause at the moment, That relationship that I was in taught me so much. It taught me that I can open up and be vulnerable with another man, that I can show the truest side of myself, that I'm not too much in a sense of it's okay that I've been through all that I've been through and a man or a partner can still hold you in all of that and love you for exactly who you are. It is not too much and they can love you through all of it and support you through all of it. And I have never felt that level of support within a partnership and even a level of support with the kids and showing up for them in big ways. And I'm forever grateful for experiencing that, being able to see what that feels like.
0: Yeah, I'm so glad you're saying that because I think that is the probably number one biggest, maybe misconception or fear that's out there is that what we're bringing to the table is too much or that there isn't somebody out there who could take all of this on. Mm -hmm. And I really, again, I just want people to hear that Mm -hmm. and and hold that really tightly that there are people and it might take a while to find. It's not going to be... The first date you go on off the dating apps is going to be the one, but Mm -hmm. there are people who can do this well. And there's, you know, a lot of people who have shown that that's the case.
1: I think the biggest thing to hold on to and like really take these words in and, and hold them tight and move through the dating process with these words is you are not too much like you are not too much for the right person and despite maybe going down the spiral of oh my gosh i'm this and that like let let's let's you know exhibit a over here right hi my name is dr brooke weinstein i like to dance on my countertop table sometimes <laughs> and post it all over the fucking internet i also have a <laughs> husband who i didn't necessarily have the best relationship with i have two boys who are hyenas who are the most incredible kids in the entire world but they're a lot also my husband took his own life and I have a lot of wounds from that would you like to come stand by me for the rest of my life and I honestly am like I'm still badass like it is okay to be like this is it like I'm so worthy of love and this isn't too much is it a lot sure but like I'm totally okay with how much it is. And a lot in label, but then when you allow somebody to get to know you
0: and what the reality of all of that looks like in practicality, it's very different than just labeling them out on a list.
1: Yes. And I don't think that that means we have to settle for someone who's just willing to show you kindness. You still get to decide what this looks like for you. You still get to decide wholeheartedly what type of relationship dynamic and partnership you want out of life like I said I was in a partnership for a year and a half and I very very much took my time I went so incredibly slow and there were things along the way that we moved through and talked through and did the hard work and then there were some things that boundaries were crossed and then they were crossed again and I was like okay this isn't working for me and that's okay too like it's okay for me to be able to say look i've been through so much in my life and i'm going to get choked up again but i'm so fucking proud of the human that i am i'm so proud of all that i've endured and still gotten to this place in my life that yeah. i get to decide how i want to feel in a relationship and i get to decide when to hold a boundary and I don't honestly know that I would have been able to have the strength to say, no, like this is a boundary for me and this is something that I want in a dynamic. I don't necessarily know if I would have been able to hold those boundaries and be so strong for myself despite knowing that I'm now back to doing this on my own again and moving through all those emotions if I hadn't been through the excruciating pain of loss and heartbreak and all the things. and Again, that's something for me that I'm, I'm wildly proud of and grateful to myself that I honestly can do that because I really, no joke, do not know if I could have done that as a 24 year old. Like I don't.
0: Yeah. And the weird position is like, we come into this dating world and post loss life thinking like, I don't want to get hurt again. I'm so afraid of that. But then like what you're saying is you have this strength that you've, you know, I use that tentatively, because I know people get tired of hearing that you're strong and that you're resilient and all those sort of bullshit things that people who haven't been through it want to say to you. But like, I have found also that there is a real strength in this journey that like, yeah, I don't want to get hurt again, but like I can handle the hurt in a different way. My pain tolerance has gone up.
1: Yes. It's a resiliency that I never would have known. And I now truly know what that word resiliency actually physically, like physically on my body. I know what it means. I know that I can cry in the bathroom, literally on my knees and squeeze my eyes so tight to the point of like them hurting and then be like, okay, my Eli's calling me. I need to go help him learn to read now. Okay, like we got well, this Brooke. like proud of you for crying on the floor, going yeah. upstairs and hugging on him and reading a book. And it's a level of... I never knew how strong I could be. And that's not something we wish we've had to go through, but it is what it is. And so what we can take from that is I'm a lot stronger than, even sometimes I give myself credit for. And so with that, I don't want us as widows to have a scarlet letter and be like, hi, like, can, like, will you love me? Like, is it okay that like, I know, I'm kind of wounded. It's like, no, like fucking wear a cape and be like, damn right. Like, damn right I've been through this. I'm a strong ass person for it, you know?
0: Yeah, It's, it's so funny because I definitely have that thing, right? Where I'm like really proud of myself every once in a while, this creeps up with my boyfriend in like a competitive way that I wish we could sort of get past where like, you know, he's doing the single parenting thing, I'm doing the solo parenting thing. And I'm trying so hard not to compare Mm -hmm. those two experiences. But it's also a struggle, right? Because I'm like, I have all the things by myself, unless I schedule it and plan it to a T, I don't get alone time, right? Whereas you have days built into your life. So I don't even know like, what my point is in saying this other than the strength and confidence is important. And also I'm like, oh shit, okay. You're not suffering the most, Mm -hmm. you know?
1: I don't know. I don't really know if that's comparing or if it's just simply reality, right? Like (laughs) if if you are dating, and I was dating someone who is single parenting and has a co-parent and it is wildly different. And it can be both of those things. It can be, yes, you are, you are tired, you're exhausted too. You have your own struggles. Co-parenting is not easy. I got to feel that too of what co-parenting, you know, like I've, I've had to kind of do a lot of different roles here, but, yeah, and I know how that feels to be a co-parent in terms of when the children for a very short amount of time would go back and forth. And it is different. Like it is, you yeah. get respite care. Like you get a break. It's not that we're comparing. It is just honestly the truth. If you want a break, you've got to schedule it and you've got to pay for it. If you do want a night off, you've got to find a way to get it. Like it's it's puzzle together, right? It's not built in automatically. And so while if you're dating someone who is in a co-parenting situation and a, a single parent, not a solo parent, it's okay for them to have struggles of their own and we can support them through that But it's also, it is different. Like, it's not that it's a comparative thing. It just simply is point blank. Like, it just is. That's the reality of, like, where we're at, you know?
0: Yeah, that's that's good for me to remember. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you have good perspective on that. Yeah. (laughs) It sounds to me like you've done a lot of thinking about the message you wanted to get across today and things you wanted to talk about. Do you feel like you covered it all? Are there things that you wanted to say?
1: I mean for the last little bit here, I think I've done a lot of like, we are awesome, and we can do hard (laughs) things. But that doesn't necessarily mean that this is simple and easy. You know, Um, I do still have all the thoughts. And it is a lot to think about someone stepping in to my life. But I think the most important thing is for us to take a look at how far we have come and know that we are so worthy of finding the right partnership. Maybe it's the right partnership again for those who have been in a beautiful, loving relationship prior to their partner passing. And to those of you who were not in the most beautiful of partnership, it's okay to own that side. It's okay to admit that. And it's okay to honor that side of it as well. I believe that there is so much pain within our grief that it's okay to also allow maybe something beautiful and different into your life as well. And I hope to find my person one day. I hope so too. I'm
0: sure you will. I am endlessly grateful for your vulnerability, especially being such a public figure being able to step out and talk about the reality of this because it's it's not easy to do. You know, it's risky what you're doing. And but I just know, I know because I hear from people how helpful these especially vulnerable ones are be, because not many people are willing to share. So, yeah, thank you make a difference.
1: It's really, it's not an easy one to explain. Yes, I'm widowed. But my husband and I were also in the midst of a divorce. And I identify as being a widow. And there was so much fear of honestly, like judgment. There's a lot of a bigger story there. And I didn't just walk away from something. I yeah. I don't think any of us wish... This would happen to any of us. This is just another story on the journey of many others who need to feel possibly a glimpse like I have in the past on your podcast of, oh my gosh, I'm not alone. Like, oh my gosh, it's okay to be vulnerable. Oh my gosh, it's okay to feel like my story is different than everyone else's. Or that mine is, it's, oh, it's a complicated Mm -hmm. one. Like, it's okay.
0: Where can we find you?
1: You can find me on Instagram. It's Brooke. And then half of my last name, W-E-I-N-S-T. I have a podcast called Thrive Like a Parent. Uh, you can find me on YouTube. I'm on TikTok, but I don't really go the good work. So yeah, awesome. you can find me all, right. all Thank over. Thank
0: you so, so much, Brooke. Bye. Thank you. Bye. All right, team. That's a wrap. Thank you to Brooke for being on. Thank you to all the other amazing guests who have been on the last three seasons. And to those of you who are listening in such a dedicated way, thank you. I mean, 100,000 downloads, that's just crazy. I have some messages to respond to from some of you. So if I haven't returned your message yet, I'm coming for you sometime this summer, I promise. (laughs) All right, everybody, I hope you have a good summer. I hope the sunshine brings you some joy. And I'll be chatting with you. Bye.